Hi everyone, thank you for joining Converge Online. We want you to know it's a big deal to us that you're here. We hope you're blessed by today's worship experience that's about to begin. Come on church, how you guys doing this morning? We are so excited to be with you today. Man, God is faithful in the little and he's faithful in the big. He'll walk with us on the mountain highs and he'll walk with us in the valley lows. And so we're just gonna worship him and give him all the praise, all the glory and all the honor. And so you know the songs, you sing along with us. Child of God, yes, 
Amen. Well, that's our prayer, Converge Nation, above all else. All we want is Jesus. In fact, the psalmist said it this way in Psalm 27, one thing have I desired, that also will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Uh, I, I think Converge Worship did a phenomenal job this morning leading us into the presence of God. And I pray that even during this uh, season, this unprecedented season, these uncertain times, that that will be your heartfelt prayer. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Well, I'm joined this morning by a very special friend. He's no stranger to our Converge family, uh, but Converge Nation, this is your introduction to uh, the one, the only, the amazing Damon Denson. Now, check this out. Before we go any further, uh, Damon is in very hostile territory, oh. and, and this is very unusual. This is very unusual. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the cross. Thank God for Jesus. Come on, somebody. Hey. That should have burned you. That should have burned you. Listen, listen, I am sitting side by side with a guy who's not only a Michigan Wolverine, but he played at Michigan. And y'all know, in fact, I'm not even supposed to mention them by name. If you're if you're an Ohio State fan, this is what we this is how we call them. We call them the team up north. We won't even mention the name of that school. He went to, but check this out. We thank God for the blood. We thank God for redemption. We thank God for Jesus. Listen, and he, listen, listen, when he saw that I had on my Ohio State Buckeye gear, when he saw that I was representing the O-H, guess what he did? He had to one-up me. Listen, he had to one-up me, y'all. He didn't, he didn't pull out, he didn't pull out his, his, his Michigan gear. Y'all see what he's wearing? Y'all see what that says? Look at that. He took it from the collegiate level and he had to go pro on your pastor. What's up with that? Something wrong with that picture. But anyway, I digress because we're here to talk about the word. Uh, we're here to speak a life-giving word. Listen, Damon, thank you so much for being a good sport. Thank you for being on with us this morning. It's an honor and a privilege to have you on set with us. Uh, Damon and I go back several years. In fact, interesting backstory. Damon's daughter and our son Levi went to the same preschool. And, uh, and so that goes back to what? Wow. Uh, maybe. This is about eight years. About ago. eight years. Yeah. And, uh, and so uh, one day, um, I forget if it was just before class or just after class or some kind of program that the parents were invited to, I pulled out an invite card from our church and I gave it to Damon. And I said, hey, man, if, you, if you're ever looking to you know, visit a church, uh, man, we're here to serve you and serve your family. And uh, our kids graduated uh, from preschool and uh, didn't see Damon, didn't see his family. And then one Sunday morning, listen to this, two years later, That's right. in walks Damon. And uh, Well, I didn't see him walk in, but I'm up there preaching my heart out. And I look up and I see Damon and I see his wife. And uh, I'm not even sure if I got to talk to you or, or visit with you after the service. But then following Sunday, I see Damon and his wife back. And that's been how long since that first visit? It's been about 
probably three or four years, somewhere in that vicinity. Wow, yeah. wow, phenomenal. It's amazing how, much, how quickly time flies when you're having fun. And uh, uh, beyond just being a part of our church family, uh, man, Damon does a fantastic job as the director of our pastoral care, uh, a new role that he's filling with us, and he is absolutely amazing at it. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that makes life-giving ministry possible at Converge Church. So once again, Converge Nation, uh, I'd like to introduce my friend uh, to you, Damon Denson, and uh, we're honored that you're here with us. Well, Pastor, so thank you so much, man. I, I really appreciate it. I, I was I was talking to uh, uh, my wife, Camille. I said, man, I, I said, Pastor and I, I know where to get women from. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Because both of our wives That's are right. from the same city, from the same not city. just from Michigan, Ips but from Ypsilanti, Michigan. Wow, that's amazing. I never thought about it, but that's that really is good, man. Is we know how to pick them. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. So, man, it's just really exciting. You know, mm -hmm. when when we talked about after these things, and mm -hmm. and, and I began to think about uh, what I would say today. You know, my mind really went back to you know the times when I was growing up and um, mm. uh, at heart, I'm a Steel City kid. I mean, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, go Steelers, black and gold, terrible town, <laughs> uh, the whole nine yards, uh, you know, um, and if you know anything about Pittsburgh, it is a very working class city, yeah. uh, blue very collar. blue collar type of yeah. city. Uh, uh, steel, of course, was the primary source of income for many, many years, hence the name, the Pittsburgh Steelers mm. from the steel mills and the steel factories that were uh, in Pennsylvania for so, so many, U.S. Steel and a lot of those big steel companies. Was Bethlehem Steel there as well? Uh, I can't, I'm not exactly 100% sure, but okay. there was a lot of major steel companies mm. that were there. And so, you know, that's the environment that I grew up in, a very hardworking, very blue collar. And it was in that environment that I developed a love for the game of football. Uh, Western Pennsylvania is very similar to Texas mm. uh, from the standpoint that they're very crazy about their football. I mean, all the greats. I mean, I grew up, Loving, you know, Dan Marino and Joe Montana and, mm. and all those different people. Uh, Tony Dorsett. Uh, they were the, from Pittsburgh. They were all from Pittsburgh. Oh, wow. You know? Did and not so, know that. Yeah. And so uh, uh, just growing up in that environment, mm. uh, it's amazing how your environment can shape who you are. And, and, and it's amazing how your environment can really uh, uh, be a precursor to your destiny. Mm. And so just growing up in those types of environments, I developed a love for the game. And so... Uh, thankfully, I, I had the athletic ability and the prowess to be able to, to work hard and to be able to go to the next level. And uh, I'll never forget, you know, I was a senior in high school and I was deciding where I was going to go to college. And my dad, uh, bless his heart, who's with the Lord right now, he said, you know, Damon, I prayed and I believe you should go to Michigan. Now I visited that school. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Hey, don't touch. Don't touch, man. You might get hurt. Come on. You feel that? You feel that stuff coming off that old age? Yeah. You feel that? Hey, y'all better pray for this guy, man. He might not make it through this broadcast with all this glory coming off of this sweatshirt. Come on, somebody. I'll think of the blood when I see the blood. <laughs> That's what I'll tell myself. Okay. <laughs> my father, you know, he said, you know, son, I, I prayed and I really believe you should go to Michigan. Mm. And so, you know, as an obedient son, I followed what my father said, and so I had an opportunity. Would uh, you have played at Pittsburgh if you had an opportunity, or over Michigan? Just out you of know, actually, I grew up. I was a huge Pitt fan growing up, mm. but they only had one challenge. When I was growing up, they were losing, mm. and yeah. I wanted to be for play on a winner. And I and I'll never mm. forget my senior year. I was watching the 1992 Rose Bowl. Michigan was playing Washington, 
And uh, they end up winning the game. I remember just highlights of Tyrone Wheatley running down the field. And, wow. and yeah. uh, just, it, it was just, just from that point on. And also they had the Fab Five back then. You know, so they were Absolutely. also kind of a big influence and a factor and had some friends of mine that went to school as well. And so, mm. you know, God had his hand in it even, you know, during that time. And early so, on. Even yeah. early on. And so, so I had a, had a chance to go to school there and, and play football. And I met my wife there. You know, I mean, obviously my wife's from Ipsy. Uh, um, got saved there. Had a truly supernatural encounter with the Lord my freshman mm. year. Uh, grew up in church my whole life. Uh, I knew a lot of religion, but I didn't have a relationship. Come on. And... Uh, uh, it wasn't until I got out of that environment. See, it's one thing to know the God of your, uh, to know the God that you, uh, uh, that your parents tell you about, mm. but it's something totally different for you to know God for yourself. Good. And that is something that I'm so grateful that I had a chance to get out of the environment that I was in, mm. and God transitioned me to another environment to develop me and raise me up, and f so that I can be everything He called me to be. And so, uh, knew the Lord, got saved. And so going into my senior year, I saw that I had an opportunity uh, to play in the NFL, uh, got drafted uh, by the New England Patriots. Man, I wanted to be a Steeler, man, but it just yeah, didn't, God just yeah. didn't You out. see, this, this, this conversation is getting, <laughs> you, you're in Dallas talking about the Patriots. I know. That's hostile territory. But again, we're born again. We're saved, yes. <laughs> so, so we're going to be polite. We're going to be on our best behavior. <laughs> They do have the most, well, actually, I think they're tied with the Steelers. Steelers have six and the Patriots have six. Have so six. Yeah. I like, I grew up in Pittsburgh. Played proud tradition. Proud great, tradition. Yeah, great heritage. Proud great tradition. Heritage. Yeah, so, yeah. so I ended up getting drafted to New England and, and, and God was blessing and, and things were going very well. But I remember I was going into the third year of my contract. I went to camp and didn't play as well as I thought I should play. Uh, and I'll never forget this day. Um, I walked in the office. Uh, Bobby Greer was the uh, over personnel at that time. And then Andre Tippett was an, another guy. He's another Hall of Fame guy in New England. He, he'd set me aside. He said, he said, Damon, you know, we, we, we really like you and like your efforts and what you've done. But unfortunately, we're going to have to let you go. And, mm. and, and, and I remember at that Were you moment, blindsided by that? I was completely blindsided. Mm. I mean, mm. I played well the year before. Mm -hmm. uh, didn't have the type of training camp that I thought that I thought what I would have. Uh, but when they gave me that news, I have to be, just to be very honest with you, I, I really, it was devastating. Yeah. Uh, and it was something that I was not prepared for. Mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. it was unexpected. Um, and when it happened, uh, all types of emotions yeah. <laughs> went through my mind. And, and, and I remember just thinking to myself, okay, okay, what am I going to do now? Mm -hmm. Uh, it, it, ironically, at the time, see, I had just gotten married. Uh, I had not graduated from college. And football was the only thing since I was eight years old that I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And so at that moment in my life, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do now? Yeah. So, so football wasn't something, wasn't only something you did well. How much of your identity was wrapped up in football? Is that something you'd, you'd like to speak to? Absolutely, a lot of it. I mean, there, 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 there is, you know, when you, when you, I started playing in Pop Warner League when I was eight years old, and, and, and particularly as men, you know, men typically find their identity in the things that they do. Right. And the right. work that they do. And, and that's where I found my identity. I mean, I lived, breathed, ate, and sweat football mm -hmm. for a good 20 years mm -hmm. uh, of my life. And so, uh, much of my, who I thought that I was, and, 
and, and who I uh, portrayed myself to be was wrapped up in that athletic identity. And, mm -hmm. and, and, even, and, and, and here's the thing, Pastor, even though I was saved, mm -hmm. I was still in an identity crisis. Wow. Wow, that's huge. Say that again. I'll say that again. Yeah, Even though I was so saved, mm. knew Jesus as Lord and Savior, mm. I still had an identity crisis. Yeah, yeah. Because my whole life I'd done something for so long that it, it, was, it was like a part of me. Mm. And when that part was taken away yeah. and the, the rug essentially was pulled out from under me, I said, God, okay, what am I going to do? Wow. Wow. And, and so uh, this is so powerful. And, and I know you're going you're gonna to share a little bit more of your story and we're going to look to the text as well. But the title of this series is After These Things. Uh, what do you do after life's sudden interruptions, uh, even more specifically, life's disruptions? Because interruptions can be uh, momentary, uh, uh, but disruptions are a little bit different, right? Because disruptions come and everything changes as a result of that disruption. And so what we really want to speak to in this series is look at God's word and learn how we can navigate and manage, overcome and succeed through life's disruptions. Uh, the cool thing about that phrase after these things is that it appears 36 times in scripture, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New Testament as well. Last week I taught from the Old Testament uh, life lessons we learned from Abram. Uh, today, I'm grateful because there is a, uh, there is a New Testament occurrence of the text. And it, it's so, I think you're going to be encouraged by it. And, and so uh, you're in the third year of your contract. You have this camp. You personally didn't think you did your best. Uh, your coaches come. They tell you, hey, man, we're going to have to let you go. Let's talk about the after these things that happen after that. Absolutely. And so, you know, after I was released, obviously I was stunned. I was hurt. I was devastated. I was confused. Uh, every type of emotion. Let me ask you this. Did you think it was unfair? At the time, yes. In mm. retrospect, no. Mm. Mm. That's huge, right? Because I think sometimes we can go through life mm -hmm. carrying that yeah. and say we could, we could, uh, conjure up in our mind this whole story, this in our minds, the stories we tell ourselves that I was unfairly treated. This happened to me because this was unfair. But it's amazing how over time yes. and in retrospect, we yeah. can look back over the course of our lives yeah. and recognize that even in the seasons that didn't necessarily turn out the way we scripted it or anticipated it, mm -hmm. it may not necessarily have been unfair. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, looking back in retrospect, uh, I was not in the best shape that I should have been in. Mm. Uh, I had just gotten married. Mm. So my focus yeah. was not completely on football anymore. Right. I had a new bride, uh, mm. uh, just, just married. Uh, you know, I brought her up to Boston from Michigan. And so now my, my, you know, I went from being totally focused on football yeah. to now having my focus divided. Yeah. And so one of the things I've, I've come to discover, if you're going to be successful at anything in life, it requires absolute and complete focus. That's good. And when I lost that kind of focus, you know, just, just enjoying marriage and enjoy, it wasn't bad things that right, lost right. focus, but because of how difficult the game is, you see, the higher you go up, the more focused that you have to have to be successful. Very good. And so, but, be, but because I, I was focused on, you know, marriage and living life and, making sure that my wife had everything. I didn't focus on football as much as I should have. Well, can, can we take a second and talk about that for mm -hmm. a minute? Sure. 
because there are people who have allowed their marriages to suffer because of their careers, yeah. uh, because of prof uh, opportunities they've had in the marketplace. Conversely, uh, uh, because you placed a high premium on your marriage yeah. and your relationship with your wife, uh, your professional career uh, wasn't your primary focus. So on the one hand, I do want to commend you for that. Yeah. And I want to really highlight that for the husbands out there, yeah. uh, that that primary responsibility was something that you cherished and something that you valued. And that became your primary responsibility and your primary focus. I think that's important for us to understand as men and as husbands, especially. Absolutely. And particularly in an environment that does not steam it. Exactly. And does not look highly at it. Right. An environment where it, it's, it's work or nothing. Right. You right. know, th this is th this is what you do. And, and, there, and, and quite frankly, back when I was playing, there wasn't uh, not everyone was faithful. <laughs> right. Uh, just to be quite blunt with you. Right. Uh, not everyone uh, did all the things they needed to do in regards to that area. Mm. But, you know, I, I believe that I, marriage was for life and I focused on it. And obviously I didn't put as much focus as I needed to. And so at that time, I was just, man, but at that time, I wasn't thinking that way. I was thinking, man, I ain't got a job, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, and I got a wife and, and how am I going to provide for myself? And it was in those moments, it was after those things that God says, listen, I'm going to teach you how to make a transition. It's good. Very critical. Very, very critical. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the challenges that most uh, professional athletes or anyone who's done something for a long period of time have is the fact that they have trouble transition from one area mm. to another. Mm. And so God began to deal with me about transition. And one of the things I've discovered is that life itself yeah. is all about transitions. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you look at the definition for the word transition, it talks about a process or a period of changing the state to one condition to another. Mm. And so just, just even biologically, there are things that all, all naturally happen from a transition. For example, you're born a baby, you transition from a baby to a child, to a child, to a teenager, to a teenager, to an adult, to an adult, to an older adult. And finally, if you know Jesus, you transition up to heaven. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so just even biologically, see, yeah. and so, see, so transition is not something that you should be afraid of. Right. Transition is something that is actually a natural thing. And so, inevitable, right? You exactly. can't escape it. You cannot escape it. Right, right. And something else I discovered, Pastor, about transition is that transition is time sensitive. Ah, uh, say that. Say that. So good. I'm going to say it again. Yeah. yeah. Transition is time sensitive. Mm. You know, when I left, when I left high school, I, I can't go back to high school because I've already made that transition. Mm. I can't go back to college because I've already made that transition. Mm. I can't go back to the NFL mm. as much as I'd like to, because mm. they sure paid a lot more now <laughs> <laughs> than they did when I was playing. Yeah. But the reality is, once you transition, you can't go back. Yeah. yeah. That's why you have to make the most of every opportunity and every moment that comes your way. Mm. Mm. Because transitions are time sensitive. Yeah, I think, I think uh, Solomon speaks to that, and yes. I think that's what he's alluding to in Ecclesiastes 3 when he says, to everything. Yes. To everything. That is an all-inclusive statement, right? To everything, there is a season yes. and a time to every purpose under heaven. And I, I think as it relates to, 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 to transitions, mm -hmm. I think it is important for us to recognize that transitions are inevitable. Yes. And if they are, 
we must then become intentional yes. about preparing mm -hmm. for those transitions, right? Absolutely. Because if we don't evolve, if we don't change, we repeat. That's right. Evolve or repeat. And, and so after these things, yes. third year, uh, you're no longer with the Patriots. What happens next? So I, I'm jobless at that point. Now, now, thankfully, we had enough money saved up to survive Mm. for a little while mm. yeah <laughs> we did have enough money and so and so and, and, and so uh, and so I got with my agent and one of the things he did he started seeking out other teams for me and so mm. uh, uh, but in the meantime here's and here's something else that, something to look at while I was waiting to get another NFL job I took another lower job mm. I took a job as a fitness instructor at a local YMCA in Rhode Island mm. while I was waiting for an NFL job, because I understood that see, I don't want to just stop working. Period. Right. Right. For a man, there's significance in work. Come on. And so instead of just stopping and doing nothing, I took a job. And then finally, I was able to get picked up again by the Baltimore Ravens. Had a chance to go down uh, there and, and play in Baltimore. Yeah. Let, Doc. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. I'm listening to you yeah. and converge. Y'all don't get mad at me because I keep interrupting, but I've got all these questions going on in my head because mm -hmm. I'm thinking about this message, this sermon, yeah. his story uh, from the vantage point of a man. Yes. Uh, uh, so, so what's happening inside you emotionally? Yeah. What's even happening to you spiritually? Now, because you're a Christ follower, yes. most of us think that as Christ followers, man, that immunizes us That's right. from any difficulty, from all adversity. So here you are. You're born again, Christ follower, mm -hmm. newlywed. You're living the dream. Yes. Because now you're a professional athlete, right? A yeah. dream you've had uh, yeah. since you were a young boy. That's right. You're living the dream, and all of a sudden, this transition happens. That's right. Uh, uh, and, and so this is not something you necessarily uh, anticipated. What, what's going on inside of you emotionally, mentally, spiritually? Tell us about it. So, so I go to the Ravens. I play probably six or seven months for the Ravens. It's the year is 2000. Mm -hmm. uh, right before we go into the season, I get released from the Ravens. Mm -hmm. Now the Ravens that year went on and win their first Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, 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 so that's Ray Lewis. That's Ray Lewis. That is Trent Dilfer. Yeah, Trent that Dilfer. That is that entire, the defense that was hellacious. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael McQuarrie, Tony Siragusa, all those guys. Hey, listen to this. <laughs> Y'all don't be mad at me. We're going to come back to David, but yeah. at Michigan, yes. you played with a guy I did. who is now considered arguably one of the greatest ever yeah. to play the game. And when you played at Michigan, was he third string? He was fourth string. He was a fourth string Quarterback, y'all. Yeah. What, what did he get drafted? In the, didn't he get Six drafted? Sixth round. Sixth round. Sixth round. Right. In fact, today, some of y'all go watch this online service, and you're going to watch that, that golf match between Tom Brady, Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Peyton Manning. You played with, with, with uh, Tom Brady, and back then, he was fourth string. Fourth string. In fact, uh, I think, if, if I'm correct, the 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 you played with Drew Bledsoe. Yep. And when your transition happened about the same yep. time as when Drew Bledsoe 
Or Tom Brady stepped in for Drew Bledsoe around the same time. Wow, amazing, amazing. And so, yeah, Tom, I'm I'm so proud of Tom. I mean, uh, uh, to to see where he is now is just amazing. I mean, the fact that he's still, I mean, he's still playing. Yeah, yeah. At 42. At 42. That's amazing. You know, that's pretty amazing. And so, so I'm in Baltimore. The Ravens go to the Super Bowl without me. Check this out. Mm. I left Michigan in 1996. The year after I left Michigan, they won the national championship. Mm. Charles Winston was the Heisman. Yeah. And Michigan won the national championship. The year you left. The year after I left. The year won, after you left. They won the national championship. I go to Baltimore. Mm. Right before the season starts, get released there. Ha- had some injury issues. They won the Super Bowl. The Patriot team that drafted me, they go on to be a dynasty. Yeah. Yeah. And so here I am, I'm thinking, okay. I missed the national championship in Michigan. I missed the Super Bowl in Baltimore. Mm. I missed multiple Super Bowls in New England. And you know what? I was upset. Mm. I was mad. I was frustrated. Because in my mind, I was missing out. And I'll never forget what the Lord said to me, Pastor. Mm. Mm. He said, son, you're not missing out. Wow. You're missing in. Come on, somebody. Hey, listen, listen. Okay, so, so, so when you're saying you're mad... Who are you mad at? Because we always look for someone to blame mm-hmm. we turn our, when we turn our anger outward, right? Mm-hmm. When we turn our anger inward, we become bitter, right? When mm-hmm. we turn our anger outward, it becomes rage. Mm-hmm. So you're mad, right? Because it seems like, man, I, I, I'm on the cusp of winning a national championship. Mm-hmm. I, I miss out on that. Uh, Super Bowl, which is every... Every dream. For every, yeah, every football yeah. player's dream. And you miss out on that. Yeah. Where, where are you focusing your anger? Yeah. And, and, and when the Lord spoke to me about me missing in, mm-hmm. uh, thinking that I, I was missing out, but I was missing in, I, I really began to, to have to do really a self-analysis mm. and really start thinking, okay, 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 why, why do I think I'm missing out so much? And, mm. and God began to deal with me about exactly what he put inside of me. Mm. And it's so, so very important for us to understand all the things that God puts inside of us. And one of the ways that God does that is he puts us through a transition. Wow. So, so when we start talking about transition, there's really two types of transitions that are very critical, very important to talk about. First, there are transitions that you plan for. Uh, uh, give me a perfect example. I did not get in the NFL by accident. No. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Uh, I had a plan mm. uh, from high school on mm. I knew that I had the potential and the wherewithal to make it. And so uh, the transition that I made from high school to college to the NFL was intentional. And I had a complete plan. And along every transition, I knew exactly where I was going. That's good. And so there are some transitions that you plan the transition out. That's why they have things like estate planning. Right. Uh, 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 lives and uh, uh, wills and trust and things of that nature. Why? Because people are planning to transition on out of here. Yeah. And yeah. so they plan. And so those are those are solid, strong, good transitions. But then there's another kind of transition, Pastor. Mm. Not only is it a transition where you plan for, but there's also uh, the transition that you get pushed into. Oh my. Yeah. Yeah. And when I sat in that office. And they told me in New England that some were about to let you go. At that moment, mm. I was pushed into a transition. Yeah. And, so, and some of the most painful transitions you ever have in your life 
are ones that you get pushed into. Mm. They're unforeseeable. They're uncontrollable. Mm. They're uncomfortable. Mm. And they're unexpected. Wow. It is in those transitions that we really learn a lot about ourselves. You know, I, I remember uh, about five years ago, my father passed away. And it was so unexpected. Yeah. I mean, my dad was doing fine. Uh, he was doing well. I mean, I just did this great uh, video for uh, Thanksgiving and NFL. My family was in it. I mean, we had a great time with the NFL. We did this great video. Mm. And then my dad gets uh, a call. He's not feeling well. He gets a call and goes to the hospital. Turns out he has stage three pancreatic cancer. Mm. And months later, he passed away. See, that was a transition that I was pushed into. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was an unexpected event that happened in my life. Mm. And even when you study the Bible, there are so many biblical characters that have been pushed in the transition. If you look at the life of Joseph, right? Uh, the Bible says that Joseph's brothers pushed him into the pit. Sure did. They stripped him of his uh, coat of many colors and they pushed him into the pit. And so Joseph is another example of someone who is pushed mm. into a transition. Mm. And even our country right now, Pastor. Yeah by COVID-19 has yeah. been pushed. Yeah, absolutely. Into a transition. Mm. Mm. And, so, and, and, so, and so here's the thing you have to ask yourself, how are you gonna respond when you get into these transitions? How do you perceive the push? Wow, that's huge. <laughs> how do you perceive the push? Mm -hmm. How yeah. do you perceive, because how you perceive the push mm determines how well you manage and handle transitions. So good. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> because I've discovered that God orchestrates transitions in our lives. Mm. And he does it so that we can see our true selves. And, mm. and there's a couple of things, a couple of reasons why God allows us to go through transitions. Number one, he allows us to go through transitions for self-discovery. Good, good. Rather, <laughs> there's some things that we discover about ourselves yeah. when we go through transitions that we may have never known before. So good. You know, one of the things that, uh, one of the challenges that I had playing football is that because it was so all-consuming, mm -hmm. that's the only thing that I could focus on. And so I had no time to develop any of my other gifts, yeah. any of my other talents, right. any other, uh, many of my gifts and talents that I'm using right now were buried under football. Under football, right, right. Underutilized, it's, things you hadn't even discovered. Yeah, didn't know. Had not even just, if I yeah. had not tra uh, transitioned from the NFL, mm. I believe I would be still stuck in a lot of rut. That's so good. That's so good. You know, Damon, one of my favorite quotes, and uh, for those of you who are part of the Converge Church family, is you've heard me say it. If you've heard me say it once, man, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Uh, Pat Riley, uh, at the time, was the coach of the Miami Heat. Uh, Alonzo Mourning had just. Uh, wrapped up, uh, uh, I mean, a sensational uh, season playing with the Heat. Uh, he was suddenly diagnosed yeah. with an incurable kidney disease, I believe it was. And, and so he's devastated, lying in his hospital bed. Pat Riley, his coach, comes in and says to, you know, Alonzo Mourning, you know, Alonzo, adversity introduces a man to himself. And, uh, and I think that sometimes when we come through these seasons of adversity, these seasons of transition, yes. it is God's opportunity to introduce us yes. to who we really are. Yes. Not just what we've done, yes. uh, not just what uh, we've put our hands to, but more importantly, he gives us an opportunity to be introduced to who we really are. And sometimes God chooses adversity as the conduit yes. 
for self-discovery. Absolutely. For self-discovery. And, uh, you know, you think about it, you know, without Goliath, David is just a shepherd boy. (laughs) That's right. And so there might be some Goliaths in your life right now that God wants to use to Mm. catapult you from just this shepherd boy who's leading worship on the backside of the pasture into notoriety, out of obscurity into notoriety. And sometimes God uses Goliaths. He uses giants. So he brings us so that he can bring us into a place of self-discovery that says, yes, you're a shepherd boy. Yes, you're a songwriter. But guess what? You're also a giant slayer. The Bible says that your gift will make room for you. Absolutely. And bring you before great men. Yes, sir. And so your gift is a resource. See, see one of the reasons why I was such in a panic mm. when I left football, because I was only using one gift. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. So good. It wasn't until I left football and discovered my other gifts. Wow. Well, to realize that the, those other gifts could bring resources into my household. So, so would you say, would you say, right, that sometimes uh, those transitions mm-hmm. are really divine interruptions or divine interventions that God will use so that we discover even more of what's been lying dormant in our lives? Absolutely. That's huge. That's huge. Absolutely. So, so then, if that's true, then, then there's what you said is critically important how I perceive the push. Yes. Because this push that I'm feeling, that I'm experiencing, it's not for my my destruction, it could be for my development. Absolutely. Which leads us to the second point about why we go through transitions. Mm. Not only do we go through it through self-discovery, but we also go through it through self-development. Oh, wow, good. Good. It's it's very similar to uh, uh, an eagle with her little chicks. If Mm. you study the eagle, one of the things you'll discover is that oftentimes an eagle will literally kick the chicks out of the nest, Mm. push the chicks to transition out of the nest, because that eagle understands that if I don't push the chicks out of the nest, they'll never develop. So good. They'll never grow. They'll never be successful. Yeah. And many of you right now are wondering, man, why do I, why am I going through this? Yeah. Why is this happening to me? God's trying to develop you. He's trying to grow you into everything. Man, I, I, listen, I've just had this flashback <laughs> to the late 80s, man, growing up in Liberia. And y'all know I'm originally from Liberia, West Africa. We lived on the beach. Our home was on the, or near the beach. You could just walk from our home to the beach. And I still remember one day, man, uh, we walked to the beach, man, and there was this massive sea turtle that had just lit. And again, a, a scientists will tell you that the turtles come up to the beach, onto the, the shore, and they lay their eggs there. The eggs hatch, and those tiny turtles, man, those tiny turtles have to crawl from where they were hatched into the ocean. Now... Doesn't seem like a big deal, except if there are birds of prey flying around, some of those turtles don't make it in. But the reason that mama turtle lays the eggs on the beach is because between the time the turtle hatches to the time that it makes it to that first wave, the turtle, that baby turtle, gains enough strength to swim. Pushing through the sand gives that turtle, in fact, it teaches that turtle what to do with its legs, what to do with its arms, so that it can do instinctively what it was created to do. Mm. Being born on the seashore in an unusual environment, Uh because it belongs in the sea, teaches that turtle 
however long that distance is, whatever number of yards it has to crawl, it learns how to swim on sand. It develops enough strength so that when it makes it to the ocean, it can swim. And that's the power of having the right frame around the push. Yes. The push <laughs> is not for your destruction. It is for your, most people say, that's a mean turtle. That's a mean mama. Why would you lay your eggs in such a hostile environment? But the turtle needs, it needs that push. It needs the resistance of the sand right. so that it can survive in the sea. A to the man. Huge, huge. <laughs> that huge. is huge. And so God orchestrates transitions in our lives to reveal our true selves through self-discovery, self-development, which leads ultimately to self-fulfillment. Mm. Meaning, what did God ultimately create you for? Good. You know, I'll never forget what my spiritual dad said to me. I'll never forget Apostle Hill, bless his heart. Mm. He said, Damon, the football field is not your real field. Wow. He said, that is a field mm. that God will use you in, mm. but that's not your true field. Wow. 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 So, so how did that translate coming through your filter? Yeah. And I'm sure you had tremendous respect and honor for uh, your mentor, your spiritual father. Yeah. Uh, but when you heard that, was that sort of a revelation to you to say, hey, man, there's more to your life. Yeah and your purpose yeah. than football. It was, it, it, it's very similar to when Jesus said to Peter, you've been fishing, mm. but now I'm gonna make you a fisher of men. Wow, wow. The same type of concept. Yeah. In other words, I'm gonna take what you've already been doing. This is why you shouldn't despise what you're doing right now. Good, good. <laughs> because God will use what you're already doing. Mm. All the disciples were already working when Jesus called them. They were, they were already yeah. busy. They weren't mm. doing nothing. <laughs> Good. They Good. were already busy. They were already working. Mm. And so you cannot despise where you are right now because God will use that wow. Good. to help you fulfill your destiny. Good. So good. Very critical. Wow. Very, very critical. Wow. Self-fulfillment. Self-fulfillment. Self-discovery, self-development, and finally, mm. self-fulfillment. And so we get to the text. As Come Pastor on. said, this is, this, this is everything in, before the message. <laughs> right, right, right. That was the introduction. That was the introduction. Now we get to the text. <laughs> Y'all are freaking out. Oh, Y'all are God. freaking out. Amen. John chapter 21. We're going to close with the text, is what you're saying? Yes, we'll close. <laughs> try to close. We'll try to close. Okay, with okay. The text. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, John 21, and, and I'm going to kind of read through the text kind of scripture by scripture and, and really uh, uh, develops uh, some truths out of it as we move forward. Scripture says in John 21 verse 1, after these things, mm. Jesus showed himself again to his disciples at the Sea of Tiberias and on this wise he showed himself. Wow. So after these things. Now, one of the things you have to understand at this point in scripture, uh, even in the pre previous chapters, Jesus had already died and, and was now uh, been resurrected. Now understand something, the disciples had spent their whole, these three years with Jesus during his ministry. And when he died, man, it was chaotic, man. Mm, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were going through a, right now a major transition. I mean, and, and, and there's some things you think you planned for until they happen. Until it happened. 
<laughs> Jesus yeah. was telling them for years. For years, yeah. I'm going away. Yeah. I'm going to be with the Father. Come on. He kept telling them, telling them, telling them. Yeah. But when it finally happened, it was yeah. like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. It was hard to grasp. It was hard to comprehend. So even yeah. now, the disciples right now are mm. going through a transition. Yeah. And so some of you even right now be going through a transition. And so what I want to do is use the Word of God to give you some keys on how to help you succeed through the transition mm. Good. that you're going through right now. Good. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. Let's go. <laughs> the first thing I really want to deal, uh, delve with when it comes to succeeding in transition is the first thing that you have to learn is how to trust the character of God. Mm. Good. I'm going to say that again. Trust the character of God. The Bible says that Jesus showed himself again to them. Mm. This was in the middle of a transition. And oftentimes, Pastor, when we get in transition, things get rocky. They do. They get tough. Yeah. They get turbulent. They change a lot. Mm. But the great thing about trusting in the character of God is though, even though you are in a situation that is changing, you will serve a God that never changes. Come on. So good. So good. <laughs> he, he can be that anchor for yeah. your soul. He can be that stability that you need because that, that's why a lot of people don't like transitions. Right. Because yeah. they don't like the changes. They don't like the turbulence. They yeah. don't like... Uh, it's like getting in the airplane. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants this uh, smooth sailing. Right, right. They don't want turbulence. Mm -hmm. Even though, and whether it's turbulence or not, you're still getting to the same destination. Good. But they don't like turbulence. Yeah, yeah. And so having that anchor for your soul, the one who never changes. Because let me tell you something, transitions, like we said, are inevitable. Mm -hmm. They're going to happen in your life all the time. So you need to hold on to something that will never change. Mm. I was thinking about even some of the things that our country is going through right now and some of the changes that are going through. And, 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 and can I say something that may shock people? If you read the Bible, you come to understand that this may not be the last time. True, true. We go through something like right. this. Right, right. How at, when everyone is grasping to get their normal back. Mm. If you read this book, right. this may not be the last virus. <laughs> or tragic event that we deal with. Mm. And so it's very, very important for us during those times to have an anchor for our soul right. to hold us again. The character of God. The character of God. So good. Unchanging, immutable character of God to hold us during this tough time. And so the Bible says in verse one that Jesus showed himself again. I, that's why you can trust God because you can remember the last time that he came through for you. Right. It is the remembrance of what God did in your past that helps you have a healthy perspective on your future. Mm. I'm gonna say that again. That's very It good. is the remembrance of what God did in your past mm. that helps you have a healthy perspective on the future. Good. And so we can trust the character of God to have success during a transition. The Bible goes on to say in verse number two, uh, chapter 21, uh, they were together, Simon Peter and Thomas uh, called Diamas and Nathaniel uh, and Canaan of Galilee and the sons of Deb Zebedee uh, and two brothers uh, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter, watch this, verse number three. Simon Peter says unto them, I go fishing. Mm. They say unto him, we also go with thee. They went forth, entered into a ship immediately, and that night they caught absolutely wow. nothing. Mm. So if you're going to be successful in a transition, not only do you have to trust the character of God, but you're going to have to learn how to do things differently. So good. Yeah. 
whenever it got difficult, whenever it got challenging, watch this now, when we get in transitions, the first thing most people do is go back to what's comfortable. Right, right. They go back to what's familiar. Yeah. Peter yeah. knew how to fish. He was a fisherman. It mm -hmm. worked in the past. It'll work in the future. But something interesting, Pastor, the Bible says that he did the same thing that he did in the past. Right. And he didn't get the it same didn't. results. Yeah, yeah. I think it's human nature. Yes. It's human tendency. Our proclivity is when we're in transition, because we often feel like we're out of control, mm. uh, we go back to the things we think we can control. That's good. And that's the things that are familiar. And, and so what I hear you saying is in transitions, you know, mm. resist the urge, right, to do uh, what you've always done, yeah. uh, be willing and open your heart to doing things differently. Absolutely. After, absolutely. You know, you know, I, I mean, I, I think about what's going on in our country right now. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that COVID-19 has taught us is how to do things differently. Yeah. yeah. I mean, think about it. Yeah. There are, there are businesses that have had to change their whole way of doing things. Yeah just so they can, they can adapt to this transition. Right, because they wouldn't survive doing what they've always done. Mm. It, it's a big deal. It's a big- There are churches. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that have had to do things differently because they've had to adapt because they realize that, that we have to change. Yeah. yeah, The transition itself is is demanding Yeah, that we make a change. Wow, wow. Even the things we thought we couldn't live without. <laughs> You know, I mean, I mean, honestly, I mean, for, and this is, is, is sort of a loose example, but yeah. man, I would get my hair cut every single week Me too. until they close all the barbershops. <laughs> and I realized I, I was looking rough, but I realized, do I really need a haircut every single week? Honestly and truly. And so it's, it's caused people to rethink yes. the things that we think are absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. Is it important or is it just urgent? And, and so when we go through transition, right, uh -huh. yep. go through transition, it helps us define and even separate the things that are just really urgent in our lives that we've made urgent and really focusing on the things that are important. And when we focus on the things that are important, it will force us yes. to prioritize differently. Yes. It will force us to do things differently. One of the things that I had to learn whenever I left the NFL and I entered into corporate America is that I wasn't in the NFL anymore. <laughs> Come on. Come on. The cultures are different. Yeah. When I was in the NFL, you know what we wore the work? We wore a t-shirt, yeah. sweatpants, and flip-flops. Come on. That's all we had to wear. Mm. Because you figure during the game time, we had our uniforms on. Right. But when we went to practice every day, and the work environment in the NFL was, I mean, we could come however we wanted to come. But corporate America wouldn't like that. Wouldn't, yeah. yeah. <laughs> when I went to corporate America, I had to put a shirt and a tie yeah. and slacks and watch this, I had to change to fit the culture Good. of the company that I was going to. Right. I had to do something different. Now, if I would have went in there with the same mindset of, oh, I'm just coming in with flip-flop, it looked, like, it looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah, yeah. But because I knew I had to do things differently mm. to get a different result. Yeah, new environment, new yeah. rules. Yes. New season, yes. right, and new responses yes. is what you're saying. I, I think a lot of times, you know, we get stuck yeah. Because we try to use what worked in the last season in this season, mm. you know, it's almost like wearing wearing a mink coat in the middle of summer in Texas. It was effective in wintertime <laughs> uh -huh. somewhere in New York. Yeah. And you come down to Texas in the middle of the summer and you, you, you're wondering why you're sweating in this big old heavy coat. Most people go through life like that. They're unwilling 
to adjust with life's transition. So rigid. And listen, if you're that rigid, listen, adversity is going to break you. So if you're good. not flexible, and, mm. and one of the things we say, blessed are the flexible because they will bend and not break. That's right. Listen, life's transitions will cause you to become pliable. If you're not pliable, you're going to break under the pressure of the new season and the new environment you find yourself in. It's Absolutely. a big deal. Absolutely. And so as we go back to the word of God and, and verse number three, the scripture says that Simon Peter says unto them, I go fishing. Now here's something else that's very powerful. They say unto him, his disciples, we also go with thee. And they went forth. So it wasn't just Peter that went. Mm -hmm. Peter had influence over the other disciples wow. and they followed him. Mm -hmm. And as a result, not only did Peter not get nothing, mm. but all of the disciples didn't get anything wow. either. Wow. Which leads to our third point. If you're going to be successful during a transition, you have to consider your decisions carefully. Wow. Good. Because what you do is not just about you. It affects the other people around it you. Does. You know, I can't, I, I can't make decisions the way I did when I was single and unmarried. Mm. I can't do it. Can't do it. Why? Because I have a wife and two daughters to think about. Mm. And I realized that everything I do doesn't just affect me, right. it affects them. Wow, wow. And so it's very important for you, even as you go through transitions, to very be, be thoughtful and intentional and count the cost right. before you do things because you realize that you're not the only one that's gonna pay that cost. Right, right, right. Not the only one. Others are impacted by my decision. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And wow. so we see in the word of God that we've got to consider our decisions carefully. Mm. As we jump down into verse four, it says, but when the morning now had come, Jesus stood on the shore, but his disciples knew not that it was Jesus. Mm. Woo, I tell you, man, sometimes you get in transitions, it feels like Jesus is nowhere around. Right, right, <laughs> been there, been there, right. He, it felt like he wasn't there. It felt like he wasn't there. But he was there. But he was. And it's in those seasons that we mm. learn to trust him. Yes. Even when we can't trace him. Yes. Right. We, 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 we stand on the promise, right? Yeah. That he will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. Even when we can't feel him in the moment, he's right there. Mm. We have to trust that he's there. Even his silence, his silence doesn't mean that he's absent. God. Yeah. Mm. You know, yeah. pastor, we live in such a, a, a touchy, feely. We do. Because we live in a social media, uh, uh, multimedia type of society where everything is big right. and bold right. and coming at you. Uh, if, if it's not big and bold and coming at you anymore, people can't feel they it. They can't feel it. And if they think if I can't feel it, it's not real. Right. right. But the scripture talks about how uh, 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 the voice of God came. And it wasn't in the winds or in the waves, but it was a very still, small voice. Good. That's how the Lord had spoken. Good. So even if you can't feel God. He's still there. He's still there. He is still there. Very powerful. Verse number five. Then this is powerful. Then Jesus says unto them, children, have you any meat? And they answered him, no. Mm -hmm. And this is powerful because if you're going to be successful during a transition, another thing that you're going to have to do is do a self-assessment. Mm -hmm. Now, Jesus knew they didn't catch anything. So the, que the, the, the question wasn't for Jesus. Right, right, right. <laughs> the question was for them. The question was for them. So that they could start to think. Very good. And evaluate. Yeah. And think about, okay, where am I? Yeah. Why am, have I not caught anything? Mm. 
Am I doing, you, you know they said that the definition of insanity. Yeah, come on. <laughs> is doing the same thing over and over again mm. and expecting to get different results. Right. And so Jesus asked them this question so they can do a self-evaluation. And one of the things that happens during self-evaluation is that you check your motives. So good. <laughs> Why am I doing what I'm doing? Mm. Mm. What are my real motives behind this? Yeah. Why do I even want to, you, you know, uh, there are some transitions that people choose. Why do you even want to transition? Wow. Why do you, why, why don't you want to, why do you want to, why are you doing mm. what you're doing? Mm. And so Jesus asked this question to them yeah. so they can do a self-evaluation. Yeah. This is what the scripture says. If we would judge ourselves, we would not be, we judged, would not by be judged by others. Yeah. So the work is not just all on God. Right, right. <laughs> I have a part in it. Yeah, yeah. And Jesus is saying, ask them the question because I want you to do your part in it mm. and evaluate where you are. So good. So powerful. Mm. The scripture goes on to say, Jesus says to them, you found anything, got anything to eat? They say nothing. And verse six is powerful. And he said unto them, Cast your net on the right side of the ship. Yeah. And ye shall find. Mm. And they cast therefore. And now they were not able to draw it for the multitude of fish. Now, here's what's interesting, I think, in the scenario, Pastor. Mm. Jesus says, cast your net on that side and you'll find it. One translation said you'll just find some. Right. Jesus said you'll find some fish if you just cast your net on, the, on, on that side. Mm. The Bible says that they, ca they caught so much that they couldn't even hold it. Couldn't even hold it. Think about this. Wow. In the eyes of Jesus, it was only some. Mm. Wow. In their eyes, it was more than they could handle. Come on. <laughs> that is so good. Wow. So, so, wow. So our perception, the Bible says his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. So, so their perception of what a lot was wow. was not his perception of what a lot was. <laughs> wow. So, so because they were willing to follow instruction, and that's the next principle wow. you have to hear. That's mind-blowing. <laughs> Their perception of a lot was only some, only a fraction Did of you? what Jesus <laughs> had in mind. Wow. Only wow. a fraction. Wow. He said he would do exceedingly. Abundantly. Abundantly. Above. Above. Anything <laughs> you and I could ever ask or imagine. That's how big our God is. Man. That's how big he is. Powerful. Powerful. Amen. And so because they were able to follow those instructions, and, and it just, it seems so simple. It's amazing how instructions seem so simple. We have such a, sometimes we have a hard time following. Right. Let, let me give you a perfect example. I, uh, I had bought uh, this toy for my daughters. And the toy had to be assembled. Mm -hmm. And so I'm thinking, you know what? I looked at the box, watch this. And I thought by looking at the box, I could assemble it without looking at the instructions. The instructions, right, right, right. <laughs> Guilty as charged. I'm right in there with you. Go to Ikea. Yeah. Don't look at the instructions. You end up with... <laughs> oh, God. You and end then... up with a desk and you bought a chair. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Yeah, read the instructions. Read the instructions. <laughs> Amen. But because I thought I knew more than the manufacturer, right. and that's a lot of times why we don't follow the instructions, right. because we think we know more yeah. than the manufacturer. Mm. <laughs> you have a manufacturer and his name is God. He gave you instructions. Yeah, 
Right there. How to live your life. Mm. How to have a happy marriage. Yeah. How to have a happy family. It's all right in there. How to have success. Beloved, I wish above all things that you would prosper. Yeah. And be in good health even as your soul prospers. Yeah. It's right here. If you take it and read the instructions of the manufacturer who is your creator, God. So good. And so once they followed those ordinary instructions, they were able to get extraordinary results. Say that again. I'm so good. That again. Yeah. Just by following ordinary instructions. Wow. The disciples were able to get extraordinary results. Wow. Good. And so those are the things that you have to be mindful of as you go through transition. And there's one more. Come on. Bring it home. <laughs> Let me bring this home. Land on. the plane, baby. Verse number verse You're, number you're circling. Where, where you at? You at DFW <laughs> or you at Love Field? Man? Where you at? You on Southwest or American? <laughs> at this point, I'm on anything I can get on. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Good word. Oh, Jesus. Don't you appreciate this word, oh, Converge? Powerful, powerful. That is good. So good, so good. So we're at verse number seven. Therefore, the... Uh, that disciple whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, it is the Lord. Remember, they, could, they didn't even know it was Jesus. Mm, mm, it mm. is the Lord. Now, when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked. Mm. And the scripture says in the King James that he cast himself into the sea. Mm. Another transla translation says that he literally plunged wow. into, the sea into the sea to go see Jesus. Wow, wow. And lastly... If you're going to be successful during your transition, you're going to have to be fully persuaded. Oh, man. So good. <laughs> he didn't just put his toe in the sea. Mm -mm. He didn't just put his foot in the sea. Come on. The Bible says that he plunged, plunged. with everything he had. Wow. He was fully persuaded. Wow. There is no halfway during transitions. Mm. As a matter of fact, I believe God is trying to teach you how to go full steam. Full steam. All in. All in. All in. Good. When he brings you into he, Peter wow. jumped in that water. He submerged like a straight up yes. baptism. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. Wow. Straight up baptism. What a word. What a word. Straight up baptism. Wow. You know, you know, as I think about all these principles we talked about, and I think about what it takes to be successful in a transition, mm. I can't help but think about Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus was the ultimate example of a transition. Think about this, Pastor. Jesus transitioned from heaven yeah. to come down to earth. to earth. Think about how, how huge a transition. He's in heaven yeah. where the streets, yeah. they don't just have gold rings, right, right. but the streets Pay. are paved with gold. So good. Yeah. He comes down to earth, puts on this flesh suit, mm. a God who has no limits, yeah. put on the, a suit that had limits. Mm. And he comes down to earth mm. so that he can be an example. He makes the transition from heaven right. into earth to be that living word. Mm. So watch this. So that so he would not only just teach us the word, but he would have conviction about it because yeah. he would feel. Yeah, he'd be touched with the <laughs> feeling of our infirmities. Yeah. yeah, he had to make the transition. He couldn't just talk about how much he loved us from from heaven. Yeah, because we're down here like, well, how you know? How how can you relate? Right. But he says, you know what? I'm going to come down there so I can relate to you. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make the transition from heaven to earth yeah. so that I can relate to you. Wow. Wow. And be touched by the feelings of your infirmities. Wow. Powerful. 
Jesus yes. was all in. All in. All in. Wow. Woo. Man, you have given us My God. a feast, mm. uh, man, to, to, to feed on, a lot to think about, but a lot to practice. You know, James chapter 1 and verse 22 says that we ought to be doers of the word, not That's hearers right. only, uh, deceiving ourselves. And I pray that, uh, that what Damon shared today from his own life story, uh, his experiences with God and the word of God will be a source of encouragement and inspiration with, uh, to you beyond just this initial viewing of this message. I pray that you will revisit it over and over again. I pray that you'll share it with your friends and your family because this message about how to navigate transition successfully uh, uh, is going to be a game changer for you and everyone who listens to it. As we close out the message, this is what I'd like to do. Uh, it's Memorial Day weekend, and we would like to acknowledge all those uh, who were all in, That's who right. gave their lives so that you and I would have the freedoms and the liberties that we enjoy. Immediately following this message, uh, we're going to roll about a, a, a two-minute tribute uh, to uh, all of our service members who gave their life in service to others. Uh, it may have been a family member. It may have been a close friend. And we do this in honor, in their honor and to celebrate their ultimate sacrifice. Once again, Damon, thank you so much, Doc, for being with us. Bless my socks off. And even though you're from that state up north or you played for that team up north, I forgive you oh, in Jesus' geez. name. The blood of Jesus <laughs> fixes everything. It covers oh, a multitude of sins. Come on, somebody. Hey, Converge Nation, we love you. God bless you. And we'll see you next week. by today's worship experience, we would love to hear from you. Maybe today's message was exactly what you needed to hear, or you prayed the prayer of salvation for the first time, or you want more information about joining our virtual family. 
please email us at info at weareconverged.com and let us know how we can serve you. If you would like to partner with us financially, you can give online safely and securely at www.weareconverged.com slash give. Or you can text 77977, send Converge Give and the amount. Finally, we would love to stay connected with you virtually. Join us Tuesdays at 7 p.m. for Converge Her Bible Study. Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Converge Men Bible Study, and Sundays at 1 p.m. for Converge Students Bible Study. All this information is available on our mobile app. To download it, open your app or Play Store, search Converge Church Plano, and install the app. It's that easy. Thank you again for joining us for today's worship experience. We look forward to connecting with you again soon.